Rachel Needle from Talking With Tech. And I'm Chris Bouguet from Talking With Tech. We have a podcast dedicated to augmentative and alternative communication, all things related to helping kids with complex communication needs. If you have a passion for helping people with language disabilities, this is the show for you. Each episode features an interview or a roundtable discussion on a topic related to augmentative communication and helping people with language disabilities. And we're really passionate about giving practical strategies to clinicians working in the field who are working with children or adults, anything related to AAC. So you can look us up on iTunes or you can find us on Facebook. We've got a group over there or check out our website at bit.ly slash TWT podcast. Please join our community of professionals that are working to ensure that everyone can say whatever they want to say, however they want to say it. The views and opinions expressed during this show do not necessarily reflect like the, the policy or position of any affiliated workplace or employer. The views and opinions of the show do not constitute recommendations for therapy. Please, Please contact, contact a licensed SLP for individual consult on your situation. Please listen carefully. What is communication? An essential behavior of life. We have the both blessing and responsibility of trying to foster another. It's transmitting a thought from one person to another. It's the strongest way for two people to convey information to each other. The back and forth between two people. Communication is a lifeline. It's just connection with other people. Connecting people in terms of ideas or thoughts or needs. Draws us out of ourselves, draws us into that relationship, you know, builds up our families. Without it, we'd be lost. Whatever it is that we do to express intent and achieve an impact. Communication is the ability to express your needs, wants, frustrations, and desires to anyone that you feel needs to have that information. Welcome to Speech Science episode number 115. We are proud members of the Exceptional Podcast Network. I'm Matt Hot, joined as always from the Bluegrass State for now, Michelle Wintering. Hi, Matt. And the city of brotherly love for now, Michael McLeod. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. I figured on today's episode, we would address a few things. But first, let's talk about why we've been off the air for almost a month at this point. Uh, we had recorded episodes number 113 and number 114, and they were set to go up. Uh, but due to uh, civil unrest um, and protesters uh, for Black Lives Matter, but we decided that as a show, uh, putting our last two episodes up uh, during these moments in time would be considered insensitive, um, rightfully so, as they had nothing to do with what was going on. Uh, so hopefully tomorrow or in two days, you'll see episodes number 113 and 114 uh, join on the feed. But this is episode number 115, uh, in case you're wondering where those other two go on today's episode we're going to talk about uh, is AAC a language in and of itself uh, transitioning from teletherapy back to the regular world the informed SLP looks at the teach back method we've got our SS pod due process and shout outs uh, the ASHA elections have wrapped up and we've got our hot take but of course we want to hear from you first so head over our website speechsciencepodcast.com and you can email us speech science podcast at gmail.com emails or I'm sorry, phone calls or text 614-681-1798. Or of course you can find us on discord at discord.speechsciencepodcast.com. And Michelle, I know you've got the hot take, but before we get to there, let's 
briefly kind of go on with what, what's been happening uh, in the world around us. Uh, I know here in Cincinnati, we've had uh, a, a ton of protests downtown. We had a protest out here in my subdivision or suburb that I live out here. Um, it, it, it seems that the line that we are trying to walk is very tricky, but we stand with our, our black and people of color uh, fellow SLPs uh, as a group. I know Philly's had a lot uh, of protesting, right, Mike? Absolutely. And then did you guys have any protests down by down by you, Michelle? Oh, yeah, Louisville, for sure. Yeah. So we are not ignoring that, and we will pick up where we left off. So the past couple of weeks uh, here in the hothouse, uh, we have been doing more teletherapy. Or not teletherapy. I'm sorry. I got done with that. Finished my Medicaid billing and uh back to normal therapy and i've stumbled across the harley quinn show on the dc universe um and if you guys don't know what that is it is a wonderfully irrational irrelevant uh cartoon about the character harley quinn and it is totally not safe for children so that is <laughs> my last week uh michael or michelle let's start off with you michelle uh, well, this is my first week back to work. Still very low census, so I'm only a couple days a week. Um, and because time flies when you're in quarantine, apparently, for 11 weeks of being off my job, it's, it's, it's been interesting getting back into it with all the changes. I'll touch on that later. And then um, we are also getting ready to move in a month to kansas which Yay. is not the bluegrass state but i had to look it up i guess it's known as the sunflower state so anybody oh. listening who's from kansas i would love to get in touch with you <laughs> there was a one of the greatest illegal immigrants ever in kansas he arrived and his name was cal l but his family turned into clark kent and oh. he became the savior of the world superman fictional illegal immigrant <laughs> that would have that would have gotten me well what's but, the town uh, of smallville well i've i've been when we moved last time we stopped and took a picture in front of the superman statue oh, really? That's cool. on our road trip and i'm trying to remember the exact location i should know this that i don't know Anyways. somewhere in illinois probably right yeah yeah mm-hmm. so cool well when so when when's the big move out to kansas um probably mid july to late july very cool and uh selling ahead or for selling or whatever you want to call it uh finally got that one wonderful interview done by you uh edited and sent off for approval so i'm excited about that yeah awesome i I know i'd mentioned it before but i had an opportunity to to interview several quite a few about a dozen total speech language pathologists um who serve in the uniformed public health service with the for the united states uh so really fascinating jobs and i hope that you guys will enjoy that two-part interview yeah that was pretty awesome mike how has your uh week been uh yeah so so definitely the past uh two weeks it feels like now uh definitely has you know a lot of uh learning about a lot of uh the protests and a lot of the unrest that you were that you were talking about uh you know we talked about it a lot before we want we went on air and you know the three of us of course uh fully support the black lives matter movement and really a lot of the great change they've been able to bring about and some of the incredible leaders they have that i've seen on the news and uh 
and and um, we shared some alarming statistics on our Instagram page mm -hmm. in terms of uh, SLPs of color compared to white SLPs. Uh, and that's something that uh, I think the SLP community is becoming more aware of in terms of how ASHA needs to do more outreach and we need to have more diversity in our field. Think of think of how many uh, think of how, how large the the speech and language patient population is in terms of minorities and and black and brown people uh, and to have speech and language pathologists that uh, are that you know that look the same way and uh, are black and brown themselves I think that's going to be very important and hopefully over the years to come we see a, a, a great increase in diversity in our field I think that'll benefit everybody Mm -hmm. uh, so, so we definitely, um, you know, all three of us have been paying very much attention to what's happening and, and a big shout out to the speech pathology community out there on social media. Uh, every, pretty much every SLP I follow on Instagram was posting, uh, like, uh, African-American authors and ways to teach kids about racism and, uh, just explaining what systematic racism is. Uh, they've, they've been doing such a good job educating people and staying active on social media and and doing everything they can to support black lives matter and that's been a been a great thing to see and i and think I know. Oh, sorry, sorry just realizing that you know i we fully acknowledge we are two white males and one white female on a podcast but realizing that this mm -hmm. is this is important for all of us this is not just um something that we can ignore or pretend doesn't pertain to us either so uh you know we have to stand with all these people in our profession and i was thinking back to matt's interview you did what was the one title uh now hiring black male yes, slps with billy fuller with billy fuller i loved listening to that one um so i mean please our listeners please write in and let us know if you want to be on the podcast if or you if know someone we should interview. someone we should interview yeah we'd love to reach out to them and have them on and try to you know change some of the numbers in our field to to make it not just so many white females like myself and we will do our best to try to diversify our interview podcast guests i've reached out to the national, I'm going to mess it up right now, the National Black Association for Speech, Language, and Hearing. Um, I, th I think that's the name. I have to double check and I'll put the right link in the show notes. But we will do our best to uh, diversify who we interview as well. I learned a new term this week, though, guys. Have you heard of BIPOC? I have. BIPOC? Yeah, I had never heard of that until... Uh, the last week or so, it's Black, Indigenous, and People of Color movement. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I have I've heard that, but it's been pretty recent. Yeah, like I had, I, I had seen posts about you know, I, I don't know how you pronounce it, BIPOC, B I P O C, and I was like, what is this? And, and it's basically a movement so that you're not just painting with a broad brush, which is pretty cool. So we'll have a link as well down to our show notes. Um, Let's start off with our SS Pod shout outs and SS Pod due process. Um, the SS Pod due process is your opportunity to uh, level a claim against somebody or something that just doesn't sit well with you. And you can take it to the court of approval. You can either email us speech science podcast at gmail.com or hashtag SS Pod due process. And this week we don't have any, which I guess is good but we want to hear your SS pod due process. 
our SS pod shout out is our opportunity as a podcast to uh, identify someone that has gone above and beyond in our field or somebody that needs recognition. Or if you have somebody that you would like to recognize, it is hashtag SS pod shout out or of course email or phone call or text. Uh, this week's SS pod shout out goes to Martin Addison, uh, who passed away uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago at the age of 44. He was a speech and language pathologist in New Jersey, uh, working with uh, COVID patients and, and a dysphagia expert. And Martin leaves behind a beautiful family. And he, I can't think of anyone more deserving of being recognized for going above and beyond in our field uh, than Martin. And there's a, I'm sure you'll link to it, right, Matt, but a, mm-hmm. a GoFundMe page because he has two very young children and it looks like his wife is actually still on maternity leave from the birth of their second child. So They wow. are trying to get to 105,000. They are at 102,000 right now. So I'm going to definitely make sure I put myself on there as well to donate. Definitely. It's just, it's it's heartbreaking, guys. Like, we we do our jobs and put ourselves into a situation where we never would expect ourselves to be the frontline workers. And then to read something like this where it hits a little too close to home. Mm-hmm. So, and I think... Very tough. I think that is a wonderful spot for us to take a very quick, short break. We will come back on the flip side. We will talk about the SS pod. Uh, hot seat and we'll talk about aac the asha elections and the return to regular therapy you're listening to speech science hi i'm mailing chan and i'm martin sibley And we are the hosts of the Exceptional Leaders Podcast, where we spotlight high-profile topics and amazing people who are changing the worldview on disability. Even though we are oceans apart, we are bringing people from all over the world together to discuss inclusion, advocacy, accessibility, and real-life journeys. So listen to the Exceptional Leaders Podcast to hear the voices and stories from amazing changemakers and be inspired to make a real difference in the world. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Speech Science episode number 115. I'm Matt Hutt, joined as always by my favorite two people in the world that are also speech language pathologists and podcast hosts, Michelle Wintering and Michael McLeod. I'm a podcast host, really? Co-host. Don't don't tell Mei Ling. (laughs) Don't tell Mei Ling. That's right. Yeah, she's, yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. (laughs) Whatever. She's not here. She can't defend herself. Or Rachel. <laughs> or, or Rachel. Oh, Rachel. Hollywood Madel. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trying. I'm, I'm talking with her, by the way, because I want to start doing some part-time AAC work in the Cincinnati area. Nice. Like a private practice clinic thing. And she's the AAC person. So. Oh, yeah. I, I lo- I'm loving AAC right now. 
We want to hear from you. Head over to our website, speechsciencepodcast.com. Email us, speechsciencepodcast at gmail.com. Give us a phone call or a text message, 614-681-1798, or hashtag it up, SSPod, or the Discord has been super quiet lately, discord.speechsciencepodcast.com. Calm. All right, we are all transitioning back from the world of teletherapy back into the regular therapy. And Michelle, you found this article. New Jersey says the parents, everything's going to be A-OK, right? Yeah, well, I was looking at this and I will say it, it looks like it has been responded to. But there okay. was apparently at schools in New Jersey, um, there was a notification and some kind of guidance that went out asking parents of the students to agree to waive and relinquish any claims, liabilities, all of that. So basically they cannot sue and they were doing this before their child would receive the special education services that they are due. Um, And now I'm sure I could read the whole statement if you want. It's a lot of legal jargon, but basically saying they would have to sign this waiver to obtain services and as anyone who is works in special even no it's not which is why they have responded to it and in quotes saying you know it's outrageous and at odds with the law that no parent should be asked to give up any rights or claims they may have in exchange for receiving constitutionally required educational services and that is from a woman named elizabeth athos senior attorney with the education law center but I thought it was yeah. interesting that this is like a way that school districts or, you know, people who feel schools and administrations that feel like they need to cover themselves somehow are thinking, how do we do that? And obviously this was not the way to do it, but I, I, uh, I'm, not su- I'm, I'm not surprised some school district tried this. You know, this is just uh, such unprecedented times. And special education, of course, is is usually one of the things that kind of falls to the wayside and has the most issues, drama, whatever word you want to use. But it, with all of this coronavirus stuff and then transition to virtual teletherapy and virtual education, uh, I, I'm I'm not surprised this happened because it, it, you know it's it's that special education that is so unique and is so you know relationship driven and face-to-face driven uh and to all of a sudden expect them to be able to do it virtually and everything it's it's tough so Mm -hmm. now mike you have a private practice do you ever make your patients sign anything that that uh says you won't sue them or they won't sue you no no (laughs) sorry it just sounds absurd when i say it out loud but it was like Maybe, maybe, Mike, you have a secret, like, please don't sue me paperwork. You just send in there on the bottom. I need your initial right here. Nope. Just the, you know, just the basic, you know, intake and, you know, HIPAA information and everything like that. But, you know, anti-compete clause. uh, (laughs) No, I don't have that. Uh, But just, just, just in general, just like, you know, I have my own liability insurance and then it's my ethical responsibility to, to take care of the rest. It says it was written by Machado Law Group, who represents 30 different educational groups in the state. I wonder if there's other school districts that are just like, yeah, we're going to pull that back. Mm-hmm. Probably. And, well, and later <laughs> I'm in sorry, the article, I don't mean to interrupt, Michelle. 
You're fine. But just later in the article, at least this one's from HuffPost kind of explaining the situation. You know, they talk about the statement that we talked about a month ago, a couple months ago from Betsy DeVos about Mm -hmm. while I'll read it. While the department has provided extensive flexibility to help schools transition, there's no reason for Congress to waive any provision designed to keep students learning with ingenuity, innovation and grit, which I'll throw in. This is my own words. That is what our school staff and teachers Mm -hmm. have been doing this whole time. I know this nation's educators and schools, this is from her, can continue to faithfully educate every one of our students. And I want to, you know, I want to be that positive, but I also, this is hard. And this is, no no one alive right now has dealt with this before. So I was laughing, and I'm sorry, because I went to the Machado Law Group website. Uh-oh. <laughs> and who we are, they're real people who get life, school districts, and the law. How they work. This we is don't the company just, that wrote the... the... The please don't sue us paperwork. Oh, okay. We don't just respond to your legal needs. We anticipate them. So, there you go. Nice. That's impressive. They're they anticipating them. <laughs> that is very uh, impressive. I don't think it's that hard to anticipate, though. We talked about it at the beginning right. of these closures. Well, and, and, you know, we're talking about the transition back and, and what is school going to look like? And are we going to be wearing masks? Are we going to be wearing gloves or, you know, PPE or, or whatnot? I mean, I, I think you have to anticipate as a school district that you're going to have to meet as a team and you're either going to have to contact someone such as yourself, Michelle, or Michael, an, an outsider to the school district to help make up therapy time for the kids that need it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it sounds terrible, but like if well, you offer, I think offered... school districts are going to have to outsource that. That's... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, I've only got so much time in my day, and if you're going to tell me that I've got to meet not just my September minutes, but then also my April minutes, it's either going to be very poor therapy, which doesn't help the kids, or well, yeah, it's either going to be poor therapy, or you've got to outsource it i mean if you offered it to the 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 general ed you got to offer it to the special ed there you go so website speechsciencepodcast.com email speechsciencepodcast at gmail.com phone number 614-681-1798 hashtag ss pod that was just a really long way of me not wanting to use extra verbs (laughs) um a new article coming out of the asha leader talks about is aac a separate language and i think this is super interesting because we talk about the difference between signed exact english and aasl and Mm -hmm. michelle you worked at a school for the blind and the deaf correct so i'm not going to try to even oversimplify it but they're different like a completely different language structure correct absolutely well signed exact english is based on english Mm -hmm. american sign language is not based on english at all which is different than British Sign Language, correct? Correct. And I realized that the other day. I was watching Doctor Who, and they had a deaf character, and I couldn't figure out part of what she was signing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of people I forget that or just don't know that because we think sign language, so we think some people think universal. Um, and, you know, in, in many ways, American Sign Language structurally, grammatically, is more like a romance language with how you order your signs in a sentence to describe something than it is like English. You can't think in English 
if you are assigning exactly the words, the signs that you want to say in the word order of an English sentence, that is much more what they call C, signed exact English. And I am so glad you explained that because when we look at AAC, are we wasting our time trying to teach students exact English grammar using an AAC device? Depending on the student, I would say yes. And depending uh, on, yeah. AAC is such a broad, broad, broad term. Mm -hmm. Some people even include ASL or signed exact English yep. in an augmentative alternative communication Or pecs or gesturing. Yeah. Right. There's so, many different things in there. Well, you said pecs. Like, I remember I had a pecs book that had verb endings in it. Hmm. And they yes. wanted me to work on verb endings using pecs. That, that, how old was the child? Second grade, third grade. Yeah. So, depends so on the, be, it, it depends. It could be appropriate. Yeah, it could be, you know, it, it could it, be a way it, for a, a child who is nonverbal to be able to show that skill. Yeah. It all depends way. on on really where what mm -hmm. what's the kid's current baseline. Okay. Are they at the point where they're at the higher level cognitive aspects of language where they're getting into morphology? And there's debate in the in the deaf and hard of hearing community about whether um, C should be used in English classes, for example. Um, to help teach the actual English grammatical structure. Because, I mean, if you think about it, a kid who is fluent in American Sign Language, that is their L1, right? Mm -hmm. There is no written form of that verbal spatial language. So they have to learn English in order to read and write in English. So here's what the article says, and I'm not ignoring you, Michelle. I'm just going no, no, to throw no, this good. out there to, to continue. Uh, they say that if we look at AAC as a separate and second language, it may affect how much time and resources are provided to the student. New York State, for example, mandates that a student beginning to learn English as a second language must have at least 360 minutes per week of contact with a certified ESL or ESOL, English Speakers for Other Languages, uh, mm -hmm. per professional. Also, is autism a disability or a difference? If we accept autism as a difference in the way people process information and use language, then we may accept AAC as the means of translation into English. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. And then below that, where it also says in a way, back to the ASL, right, that the deaf community mm -hmm. has paved the way for that in some capacity because um, many people with profound deafness, this is a quote from the article, view it as a difference rather than a disability and have formed a culture and community of people who use ASL, right? Uh, and they even call it, just what I mentioned earlier, quote, one of the more widely recognized AAC forms because it's a standalone language with its own grammatical system. So, okay, now let's go to AAC. I think we need to split up AAC a little bit more. Mm -hmm. especially if we're including ASL in it because a kid with ASL is going to have a, a deaf teacher coming to see them if they're in a public school system or they're going to be um, in a school like a school for the deaf uh, or have an interpreter with them. Like there, there's going to be accommodations made for that. So mm -hmm. I do think there should be accommodations made for a kid with AAC. And now you've got to split AAC into, okay, are they using a system that is set up with English grammar or are they using a system like MinSpeak uh, that's much more based on hieroglyphics and picture sequence motor patterns? Because that's not English. 
And what do you typically see with an IEP? And like, what is helping the child to access the curriculum? So in terms of, you know, grammatical endings for them to be able to write stories with their AAC, for them to be able to socialize with their AAC, you know, there's so many things that come, that probably can and should come before appropriate grammatical endings. Is this child, you know, answering full WH questions? Is there is are they having back and forth conversations with peers? Are they able to tell a story about what would previously happened? Uh, you know, there's so many things that are more important than you know a, a, an ending here and there. Mm -hmm. You know, you really, you know, the biggest thing is proficiency. You know, when we're talking about grammatical endings, we're talking about lang we're talking about language proficiency. You're not going to get language proficiency with an AAC until you have device proficiency so let's you know let's let's work on ensuring that this child is comfortable with their device they're you're adding language all the time they're getting comfortable with it they're able to navigate uh with so many of these aac students it's you know it's a matter of them being able to communicate and express wants and needs and socialize you know if, if they get to a point where they're in school and they're accessing the curriculum and they're reading and writing and you can start working on written language and literacy and phonological awareness and everything that's fantastic, and that's some of the best work an SLP can do. Uh, is really, you know, go from a communication device to a language device. That would be that's that's some pretty incredible stuff. And and, and kind of building off of that, Mike, I, I I often wonder if we're wasting our time completely when we're looking at verb endings, because if a if a student transitions from one device to another, and let's say they change their system, let's say they outgrow. Um, Give me one. If they outgrow Proloquo pro pro to go, and let's say they move to a, a Toby device or a Premkiromic device, like the locations for the S and the ED and the ING are going to be maybe in different locations. It's going to delay process. I mean, I just, I don't know if this even, like, I don't want to sound like the lazy SLP, but mm -hmm. like now that I think about this, like, I, I'm not seeing the point. If we're looking at it as from a second language, you know, does my message really change if I say I have, I, no, wait, let's see. I have baseball yesterday versus I had baseball yesterday. Yeah. I mean, exactly. does my message it's, change? And, <laughs> and think about it. What's, what's one of the ultimate forms of AAC that we all use? Typing. Yeah. Having a full keyboard and typing out full sentences and have end, you know, just like doing email. That's technically AAC. You're communicating with a device. You're using a device to communicate. Which and on most systems, you also has, have that option. And mm -hmm. on most systems, we also have grammar check and spell check. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these things are taken care of via AAC, not via language knowledge. Mm -hmm. Well, and Matt, you just unknowingly made an argument for the you know, semantic compaction minspeak systems from PRC right. because you're talking about motor patterns not changing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a whole debate. Like there's there's different theories and research behind all the different models. But, um, but I think often why sometimes people stick with a device, even if they think, oh, you know, maybe I, it's not the greatest. maybe I should use a different one is because they've learned whatever that mm -hmm. motor pattern is. And then unfortunately yeah. you get, you know, uh, us as well-meaning SLPs, they get a new SLP who's like, this doesn't make sense here and moves it somewhere else on the device. And so now that kid or patient or adult 
has to relearn uh, something they they might have used consistently before but i mean like it's also going to be hard trying to explain this to a parent like no i'm not going to teach your kid to use verb endings mm -hmm. because whatever well i i would even argue like how often is a conversation like that going to happen with a parent of a child with an aac you know a lot, a lot of times you know you those parents really want their kids to communicate have the ability to express wants needs feelings and i think even the parents recognizes that sometimes that may not be the best thing right so it, it really just depends if you have if you have a student that is is at baseline ready to learn those mm -hmm. sorts of things then that is 100 percent appropriate and you should teach that and you should teach this child literacy just as you would any student mm -hmm. simple as that i do like the 360 minutes a week though of aac training that'd be yeah. sweet well and i wonder how how do you guys think it would change our conversations with parents if we were saying to them this is like actually educationally considered a second language you know if that would maybe be motivating or daunting i'm not sure which but motivating for some parents to think oh wait like we really do need to put more time into this well i think this this article really i really like the way that that it was written it was written by stephanie coogan uh from oceanside new york uh she basically says it's not a child's lack of ability that may prevent aac learners from proficiency but rather a lack of exposure instruction and opportunity Let's do better. Let's give our most vulnerable children a better chance to find, use, and own their own voice. I well, love really, that last line. Yeah, very, very, very well-written article. It's a powerful last line. Mm -hmm. So we want to hear from you. What is your view on AAC as a second language, or is it just an ulterior mode or ulterior use of the English language. Head us up. Uh, our website, speechsciencepodcast.com, and you can email us speechsciencepodcast at gmail.com. The phone calls, always, we love to hear your voice or text message, 614-681-1798 or hashtag SSPod. Michael and Michelle are, I was going to say trolling, but I, that is the wrong word that I wanted to use, are always monitoring our social media. Uh, uh, for that. Do you guys know the history of the word trolling, by the way? On the uh, internet? Is it the please, troll please under the bridge thing? Like us. the old? No. <laughs> no. Do you know what it's called in fishing when you throw your line out and you kind of drag it along the water as your boat is going? That's trolling. It's trolling. Yeah. Well, I never thought of that. Yeah, because like, it's a legit trolling motor you put on the front of your boat so that it's mm -hmm. a smaller speed. And the idea is that you're, 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 you throw the bait out there. You're trying to catch people. You're trying to catch a fish. And unfortunately, in social media, trolling has turned into like more the troll under the bridge versus poor fisherman trying to feed his family. But I digress. That's interesting. No, thank you for sharing that, Matt. Yeah, see? Now now you know. These are the things that you're always going to find out about. All right. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, the informed SLP will talk about the teachback method uh, so they can say use teachback. So there's no clap. You're listening to Speak Science. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the informed SLP. Use teachback so there's no clapback. This is a review of the article, Teachback, a systematic review of implementation and impacts, published in Plus One. Remember playing the game telephone as a kid? 
You sat around in a circle and whispered a phrase until it got to the last person, who then said it out loud, usually completely unrelated to the original message. But now it's time to forget what you learned on the playground and say that message out loud to make sure your partner hasn't got it twisted. In fact, we highly encourage it. How do you make sure your client's parents understand all of the information that you provide them? As communication experts, we know that it's our responsibility to ensure this, especially within the context of early intervention coaching. But other research shows we're probably not doing as well as we think we are. And even though this study comes from our adult section, because it's on adults understanding their own healthcare information, we're bringing it here to EI members because we think there's a good chance it has implications for us too. After all, there's a good chance there are parallels between adults understanding information for themselves and adults understanding information for their young children. So what is the teach back method? Well, first provide a clear explanation of the information you want to convey. Next, ask the patient to repeat their understanding of the information you just told them. Then clarify any misunderstandings that the patient missed from your original explanation. And finally, ask the patient to again repeat their understanding of the information and repeat steps three and four as needed until you're sure the patient or parent understands everything you're trying to convey. Researchers reported positive outcomes across three categories. One, knowledge, skills, and attitudes, including improved understanding of the patient's disease or diagnosis, retention of post-discharge procedures, and overall patient satisfaction. Two, behavior changes, including improved self-care practices and higher adherence to medication recommendations. And three, objective health-related outcomes, including a reduction in hospital readmissions and improvements in overall quality of life. So how can you make sure that you and your colleagues are actually using this technique? Researchers found that professionals were using this method most frequently when they were provided training and education on how to use it, including education materials and training modules, and when clinicians were reminded to use it via prompts. So if your message is getting garbled, give it a whirl and see how this method can improve your coaching success. To learn more about this paper and other new research, check out our reviews on theinformedslp.com. There's links to both the original article and the review in the show notes. The Informed SLP makes it easy for you to stay up to date on all of the clinically relevant research across the lifespan that comes out every month. Know what works to do what works. Speech Science, Matt Hot, episode 115, Michael McLeod, Michelle Wintering. We all love you, and we love your interaction. 614-681-1798. Let's wrap up this episode. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've been shining a spotlight on the ASHA elections, and they happened. And uh, do you guys have that link, or am I the only one with the link for that one? I think it's just you. All right. President-elect is Judy Rudabush-Rich, triple CSLP. Vice President for Finance, it's a two-year term, one time only. It's Bernadette Mayfield-Clark. 
Vice President for Government Relations and Public Policy is Doanne Ward-Williams. Vice President for Speech-Language Pathology Practice is Linda L. Rosaluga. And Vice President for Standards and Ethics and Audiology is Valeria Roberts-Matlock. So congratulations to one, two, three, four, five, all five of you. So it was everyone that I talked about on the podcast. Is it really? <laughs> no, I have no idea. Michael <laughs> wins. Go back and check. Michael I'm wins. Not. I'll give you the victory on that one. There you go. It's my now, advertising, man. <laughs> that's the positive. And then a little kerfluffle, and, a, and I say that very sarcastically, a big kerfluffle, was the ASHA response to the Black Lives Matter. Uh, their initial response, Michelle, you made this comment. Uh, before we started, but but if you want to reiterate it again, we, I, I'd appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, th- I mean, their initial response, if you've been on social media at all, was um, <laughs> not Weak. responded too well <laughs> by by uh, the ASHA members and community. And, and I, rightfully so. Yeah, right. and it, I think it was a very unfortunate move that they selected this two sentence or very short part of it and they highlighted that in the image and that's what the vast majority of people saw and read first um and i'm not saying the rest of their statement um was a whole lot better but i do think the rest of the statement had more context and content than that couple sentences did um because the couple sentences they highlighted that everyone saw immediately didn't really say much of anything it was political speak. It felt like very PC speak. For, yes, it felt for like me asking not to say anything. It felt like asking a politician their opinion on something where they just talk in a circle. Mm-hmm. Yes, but what you know what actually? Have you ever seen Zootopia? Yes. Where um, the fox? What's the fox's name? Oh, Nick. I don't remember. Nick tries to talk to Judy Hopps about how to answer press conferences. Have you seen this, Mike? It's it's a good no. it's a good so scene. So he basically says, when they ask you a question, you ask a question and then answer your own question. So if it's what's your favorite <laughs> color, and if you're like my chair, are you asking if it's black? Yes, my chair is black. Like <laughs> you spin it, and that's really what the original. ASHA article sounded like, but they did have a much better position statement. It's asha.org slash policy slash response uh, dash to dash racism. We'll have the link below. Uh, and, and they actually, in this one, uh, use Ahmad, Brianna's, and George's names. Um, and they talk about how we have to stand with our members who are distressed, saddened, angry, and calling for change. Uh, we commit to our roots of systematic inequalities that exist in our communities. The whole link will be below. Um, and, and normally we give ASHA credit where credit is due and we throw them into the fire when they need to be burned to ashes. I would say that this response, Mike, it, it's a solid, solid, good response. And it looks like an, another positive is it looks like some of these elected officials are African-American. Are they? Uh, yep. So I was looking through on that. So that's a that's a very positive thing is to get uh, some diversity within the leadership of ASHA. But, you know, hey, we can we can talk about all these, you know, responses and things on social media and everything, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of typed up words and they're sending it, you know, in, within this field of speech pathology, we need more diversity. We need more black SLPs. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have the, the original statement just so I will explain what I meant by the kind of circular uh, comment. <laughs> 
uh, is, quote, we stand with those who stand against racially motivated violence. We stand in opposition to any actions that silence change and progress, as well as those actions that impede and interfere with mutual respect and dignity, end quote. And I think their, their Facebook page, their Instagram didn't have any more. You had to go find a link to look for more. Um, their Facebook page had a longer description on it, like a longer statement than just that two sentences. But the highlighted part was very bland. Mm-hmm. So, good on Asha for listening to the... the, the Members. Community. Yeah, 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 the community saying, this doesn't help anything. There are other things that are happening on Facebook right now of... of organizations not listening to their community and we'll see how those play out maybe next week on on the show and i will say you know their next post was a direct image that says black lives matter and the one part that stood out to me was we missed the mark we let you down Mm -hmm. Uh, our statement fell short it was not clear or strong enough and for that we apologize so way to take ownership of it love it all right, so that wraps up an, the Pretty Bow on episode number 115. Episodes number 113 and 114 will probably drop tomorrow, which should be Wednesday, and then the day after that, Thursday. Um, so we postpone those again. Um, let's end the show the way we always do. Mike, Michelle, give me something good that you are doing this week. Michelle? <laughs> Why do you leave it to me? <laughs> um, you go first. <laughs> Because if it's really good, he'll just make something up. That's true. That's great. There you go. Uh, Well, like I said, back to work for me was the full day today. Um, So (laughs) getting used to wearing a gown and a mask and a a shield and gloves for all my patients and wishing I had one of those nifty clear masks that some SLPs have. Those are so Um, cool. So that would be pretty cool. Um, Other than that, getting... I don't know, trying to learn more about the Sunflower State so I can move there in a month. And my son turns two in less than a month. Aw, baby speech Look science. at that. Look at James that. is awesome. Yeah, the born on the 4th of July, baby. He could be an interview. Was he really born on 4th of July? <laughs> yes. We've made this, joke a th- made this joke a thousand times. And every time you mention the movie that I've never yeah. seen and that I don't yeah. feel like ever having my no, son see. probably shouldn't ever watch your, that movie. It's a pretty good movie. It is. But I it's... think of the Jason Mraz song that's like, he was born on the 4th of July, Freedom Rain, something in the soups. No? Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, Mike, man. what are you doing this week? How do I follow that up? The Remedy. That's the song. There oh, you go. yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. a good song. Yeah. Hi, Mike. What are you doing this week? Let's wrap this thing up. Music is playing. People well, are tuning out. We'll see. Pretty uh, soft listening. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. You know, we're in the yellow zone now. We'll see when I end up in the clinic. Uh, we'll see when families want to be there, when I want to be there. Time will tell. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting week. Fair enough. I am continuing to learn on social media and continuing to stay at work. And my son and I have been doing three mile bike rides the last couple of days. So we're going to continue to do that. Uh, because two weeks ago he couldn't ride five feet in our front yard and now he's on a three mile bike ride and has crashed twice in the last two days so that's it i'm pretty happy with two crashes in two days yes well i mean that's awesome though he's he's moving on his bike that's great 
Yes. That's right. And I am using it as an excuse to lose weight, so I'm okay with that as well. Our intro music is Please Listen Carefully by Jazard's License Under an Attribution and Share Alike License. Our bump music is the County Fair Rock Copyright of John Deku. Find all of his music at soundcloud.com slash dirtdogmusic. The Informed SLP's bed was at the count by Broke for Free. And our closing music is The Slow Burn by Kevin McLeod. Both of those are licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license. In the immortal words of Janice Wright, be a willow. I can fully endorse that the willows will bend, but they return back to shape thanks to the willow in my backyard. The not whatever not willow is cracking and I'm going to have to get it torn out. So be a willow, don't be an oak. For Michael McLeod and Michelle Wintering, I'm Matt Hot. Until next week, be kind to each other and so long, guys. This has been an Exceptional Podcast Network production. Speech Science is edited and produced by MWH Production. Please follow Speech Science on Twitter at SpeechSciencePC and like our page on Facebook. For more original podcasts, please visit ExceptionalEd.com and rate and subscribe to our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts.